0: yo what's up everybody uh back again with week three of the podcast that has no name yet uh here with uh my boy marcus again this is rico and uh get us started marcus
1: all right well this is marcus again um xbox id big boss bother 25 of course like always and we have punk rico 21 um but yeah this is week three and we're working on the name we're always working on the name um we're just, we just—we really want to get something that sticks and kind of pops and stuff like that. And we're always going to be brainstorming until we come up with that, you know, awesome name that re- really represents us, right? And what we, what we are, what we're about, and what we really, you know, enjoy and want to talk about as far as our hobbies are concerned. And you know, um, really want to make it stick. Okay. So, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, We are going to go through a little bit of a player profile here towards the beginning. You know, hopefully we have enough time to get through everything and, you know, kind of jump into some of the soft news that we have for the week, Uh, some interesting tidbits. Uh, I'm sure Rico will kind of uh, get through them and touch base with them during these questions. Um, But we can consider this part one just in case, you know, later on down the road um, we come up with something else, right, or come up with more questions or kind of take a more deep dive as far as you know, what we like and and who we are as individuals and what we enjoy, you know, so that way it can kind of resonate with everybody. So, so right here, Rico has no idea what I'm going to be, you know, talking about. And the only rule, there's only one rule that if you don't know what you want to say, but I don't think it's going to happen, but just in case, (laughs) you could always always say pass. You say I pass and I will go to the next question.
0: For the first time (laughs) in our lives, it's going to shut us up.
1: so
0: real quick like in in regards to the name uh we kind of we're kind of just still figuring out like what this is so we don't want to give it a name and then something just feel like it doesn't stick you know i feel like and marcus has said it too that when you know like you know and that that moment i don't think has just come for both of us we're both Just throwing stuff out there and brainstorming, and it just hasn't hit yet. But I I have a feeling it's going too soon. This is week three, and uh, Marcus and I came up with this idea of this uh, player profile kind of episode where uh, we can kind of put ourselves out there more, get to know us a little bit more. You know, hopefully we can connect in some sort of way. You can see that we're just normal dudes and into all different kinds of stuff, a little bit nerdy, a little bit jock you know, like with
1: our, with our sports tapes nerdy. and stuff like a that. Yeah. Jolly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot nerdy. A lot nerdy and a lot jock. It's kind of the jack of all trades. It's always what to cover to our collar ourselves. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, with that said, um, we're going to go ahead and kick it off, right. With some of these pair profile questions. And again, if you do not know an answer, you can always pass, but I don't think we'll have that issue, but just in case you do, um, you know, feel free uh, starting from the first one. And again, you know, At the end of the day, you know, growing up, one of our first loves, first experiences besides our parents, right? And your, you know, your first girlfriend whom we've ever had. Um, is your first gaming experience? Um what is your first gaming experience and what game did you play?
0: Oof. Good one. So that I remember you know, we we grew up in a time where it was so much more about playing outside at least in my life so much more about playing outside and sports and stuff but i remember going over to one of my cousins houses and they had the
2: the original nintendo oh yeah and if i i didn't know i didn't know it at the time
0: but i remember you're going to love this i remember that the game that they had was a gold cartridge. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so I really didn't, I, I didn't understand what I was playing. I just remembered that I was a little monito walking around and.
1: I'm sure in what felt I, like a I, giant world, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: I was like, whoa. And then like, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about oh. how far we've come, but like playing on one of those box set TVs, it was like whoa, like I'm the I'm that's me, like on there, like and that TV's huge, like you know, thirty inches, whatever, twenty inches, like dude, that was a balling ass TV back then, right?
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah. I I still like I never put it together what game it was I was playing, and I, honestly, like I, I didn't, I was only at my cousin's like a handful of times and played that game, but I re- I remember like. That's where I was first. Like, huh? This is pretty cool. Then, later on down the line, I had another another cousin that I that that first cousin lived here in town. Then I had another one that I visited even more rarely in ha- the that she lived in Harlingen, and she had the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And we've talked we've talked about this before. She had. Uh, I I remember mentioning to you that once that I once played like a Lion King game. And that was on the yeah. Super Nintendo, and that is the first game that I remember being into into, because obviously I was a little kid, uh, I was a huge Disney lover, I still am, uh, so that was the first time I was like, whoa, like, I know these characters, like, I know Simba, you played as Simba, and you you saw Nala, you saw Zazu, uh, for those of you that don't know, those are all characters from the Lion King, and from there I thought, whoa, like, I want in on this, too. At the time, I think I was in maybe second
2: or third grade. Mm-hmm. And in third grade, I was uh, I was a kid that was in little sports teams and then UIO. The sports I loved, the UIL I was a little, a little bit hesitant about. And my mom got me to do it. Because she promised me, if you do
0: UIL this year, I'll buy you a game console like you've been wanting. I see that the voice chat is dropping. Are we still okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of static there on your end, but it kind of picked up. Um, do anything I want to add? And just in case you guys don't know... Um, UIL means University Interscholastic League, which is a state of Texas thing. I don't know if there's other ones out there, but this is the one that runs the sports and the academic competitions throughout the state of Texas.
0: Yeah, so specifically the ones I was in. That that's a that's a good uh, good point to make there. Specifically the ones I was in. I was in Ready Writing, which was a creative kind of creative writing, uh, and then I did. Uh, my mom, for some reason, wanted me to try out everything. So she threw me in calculators, Spanish poetry, uh, different little things, right? And the way she got me to stick with it is by telling me, you, you do this, you get video games. So that's how it started. And I remember my, my first console that was bought for me was a Nintendo 64. And yes. I remember my first game ever was Glover.
1: Glover? Wow. It was
0: Glover hated yeah. it? Hated
3: it. <laughs> you know, uh,
1: to be fair, you know what? I think it even has four fingers. If I'm not mistaken. It might have five, but I remember Glover being one of those games too, where it was just like a weird, um, you know, yeah, it is a four finger. I knew it was four finger. I just I just googled the image. I was like, if I remember correctly, it was a weird looking thing. Um, Bro, I'm, I remember.
0: Absolutely hated it. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, thankfully, back then. We still had this uh, thing that you really don't see anymore called uh, uh blockbuster, all hit yeah. video, best choice video, video plus. These were cool. these were movie places where you would go and rent movies. And they had video games as well. So I remember going to go rent a game a game by the name of WCW versus NWO Revenge. Mm-hmm. I rented it, took it home, played it. Immediately, I was like, "This is my, this is my game." Uh, so that was my first game. That yeah. was my first. That was my first game. Well, that wasn't my first game. Glover was, unfortunately, but that was the first game I got into. Yeah. And from yeah. there, every every two weeks or so, my parents would be like, "Okay, you did good in U I O. We'll get you another
2: game." Uh, so Whoa. from there. Go ahead. Yeah, well, strangely enough, um,
1: the fact that you said, I mean, you, that gold game that you're talking about, it was Zelda, right? I'm just I just trying to make sure. Yes, that, 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 yes. That, that,
0: <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't go back to that, but I was going to go back to that. Uh, okay. Yeah, knowing, no, like, now that I'm older, and I re, and I've gone back and seen, like, oh, yeah, the gold games that were on... I don't know if there was any other gold games, but that's what it was. It was... Legend
2: of Zelda, I think. Is that the first one?
1: Yeah, Legend of Zelda Part 1. Yeah, it came out NES. Yes, it did. They actually have, like, a, a, a gray cartridge. And strangely enough, if I remember correctly, the, game, the gray cartridge is actually worth a little bit more because it's a lot more scarce um, than
2: the gold cartridge on NES. A little fun fact. Yeah, and then... Uh... When was when was the Game Boy Color?
1: The Game Boy Color actually uh, came out obviously after the Game Boy. It must have been 1996, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. I'm guessing off the top of my head, so don't hate me right, but right off the top of my head, release date of the Game Boy Color was in 1998. I was two years off. little, new, little, little Yeah, 1998. Late 90s.
2: Okay. Okay, so then...
0: So then, the I remember the Nintendo sixty four being my first thing, and then, like I said, that wrestling game, and then I got a different wrestling game named Nitro that I would play with uh, my cousin, my cousins who you know very well as Leroy and Ricky. Yes, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: and and Omar. Um, of some
1: of our best friends.
0: Some of some of the guys we're still really tight with. Then, uh, when the Game Boy when the Game Boy Color came out. Uh, lo and behold, here comes a game by the name of Pokemon, and from there, just I was hooked. I remember seeing the preview, and I still remember the. I think it was on a bus. The commercial, like they were on, they were all on a bus, and they were. It was something about trying to fit all these Pokemon, like in a in a game in a little cartridge. I remember it was a play on that, like is what the little preview was. And I remember getting that game, and from there, that game just captured, you know, child Rico's imagination, love.
2: And from there, like, Pokemon was always my thing. And still is to this day. It's just what I love. That That is
1: awesome. That is amazing. You should have just stuck with Zelda from the get-go, man. You already had the greatest series of all time. <laughs> oh, man. Young Rico knew exactly what was up. <laughs> But strangely <laughs> enough, the fact that your first console was an Ed sixty-four, uh my first console, strange well it we might have had a, a, an older one, but Super Nintendo is what we grew up with. Now I have two older brothers. Um one in, was born in eighty-four and then the second one was born in eighty-nine. So eighty-four, my brother who was born in nineteen eighty-four, um, he was already, you know, seven years old by when I was a year, and he was must have been about ten or eleven, twelve when I was when I really got into gaming. Uh my first gaming experience uh and, and yeah, it's my favorite video game franchise all time is uh, the hands down. That's actually the game that kind of got me into it. Um and I just and I still remember as if it was yesterday and it was all thanks to my oldest brother and his, his name's Ruben. Uh we call him RJ. It's all thanks to him. We were at my gr- grandmother's house or the Super Nintendo um attached in one of the back rooms that we used to play in, right? We used to hang out and a link to the past was in it was in that cartridge. Now, you may not know it and you know. RJ was actually a one hell of a gamer growing up and you know he was the one who kind of completed everything from you know zero to hundred percent you know uh beat beat when we had lion king we had um, uh, the page master super nintendo games we had all these super nintendo games and those are difficult games. In case you all don't know, you know people have Elden Ring right now. And, you know, From is notorious for being hard. But if you haven't played Ghost and Goblins, you know, and, or being those early Mega Man games or Simba games, you know, they can be quite difficult for 2D platformers, okay? For, you know, 8-bit type of games and stuff like that. But anyways, RG, I remember watching Archie playing Zelda. And I was four years old. It was one of my earliest memories, you know, as a child. And I was hooked. I, I just saw him, you know, in there. And I remember the whole, the whole beginning um, of that story, you know, falls into a dungeon, um, finds finds Link's uncle, right, you know, and he just gives you a sword, you know, and at the time, I didn't know he was dead until, you know, a couple years later when I replayed that game, and I beat that game, you know, at least, you know, 13 times, 14 times, because I just, it's so easy to pick up and play, and um, yeah, you know, my my oldest brother got me into that game, um, and I did beat Zelda for the first time when I was, you know, late for, already five years old, and I still remember, you know exactly what I was pre-Kinder had a stuttering problem, but you know I was really good about sitting in front of a television and just playing these games. Um, you know, watching my brother RJ played them, and strangely enough, strangely enough, all you talk you talk about Pokemon Blue, RJ had a Game Boy, played Pokemon Blue on it, and. I remember, yeah, and we heard those rumors, right? Oh, you can get the Mew from if you get four <laughs> camps and you lift up the truck over in um, Vermilion City, Sea Harbor, and, and stuff like that. So RJ tried it because he was just that good, right, at getting all these Pokemon, right? He had the trade cable. It was, it was just intense, right? And then he was the first person I ever saw get all 150 Pokemon at the time, right, because Mew wasn't in, uh, in blue. But he did get all 150 Pokemon, which I thought was the coolest thing in the world, and again, and, and you know, all these gaming experience kind of just piled up, and they're all because of our and my oldest brother. And you wouldn't think another one of my favorite games is called Ogre Battle '64. RTS, real time strategy, right? You have your guys, you have your units, and when they attack, you use the units that are inside those guys. I remember my brother R.J. playing at 3, 3.30 in the morning, playing Ogre Battle for three or four hours, right, Till six or seven, because the game was just that encapsulated. It, was, it just drew you in. And to this day, I own that game in in the box. You know, I had that game, um, and it's just hands down one of my favorite games, because that, that's super neat. And I still remember seeing the N64 out of my mom's truck, right? That was just mind-blowing, ocarina of time. You know, it was just a hell of a year, you know, for, game, for us, for us gamers, especially in the 90s, considering we were always playing outside. Um, so it was great, you know, as far as games, when you weren't playing games inside, you were outside, it was a good time to be just, it was just a good time, a great time to be a gamer, right? Where we didn't have the internet to kind of worry about all these things. All you had was this 64-bit game now, N64, and then, you know, that just kind of really, you know, took over your life. And then when Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance is actually one of my favorite systems, Game Boy Advance. Um, I love the beta, Mega Man Battle Network games. Golden Sun. Oh, I can I'm still waiting for a new Golden Sun. Um, when you play those Sonic, the Sonic Advance games, uh, oh, you're able to play Donkey Kong and Super and Super Mario on these things. It was just crazy. Um, but yeah, I would have to ch- kind of chalk up, obviously, that love for Zelda thanks to RJ, right? Uh, that's my first, you know, gaming experience growing up and stuff. And again, uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Being like every time it's released. Whether it's you know most recently I played it. It was on Nintendo Online, uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, I beat it again. I beat it again there <laughs> when it came out. So, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, real,
0: real quick, some stuff to add in there. So, uh, you know, you brought up the the Pokemon thing. I remember, uh, just like you brought up with RJ. I remember from the kids my age. I remember I was the first one in my group. To catch all the Pokemon, too. So I, I distinctly remember one of my friends saying, like, dude, you're a Pokemon god. <laughs> and I felt like all of those words, like, oh, my God, I'm the coolest kid in school because I have all 151 Pokemon. But, but like you said about the Mew, there was actually no access to Mew. And when you talked about that whole rumor that would circulate about the how to get Mew and how to glitch Mew and stuff. <clears throat> there was actually a hundred a hundred and there was a hundred and fifty second Pokemon named Missingno. Name oh, okay. yeah.
1: Masigno, he was yeah. a glitch Pokemon that you used uh a um, hey, hundred ninety-nine infinite master balls, infinite rare candies. Infinite rare it. candies and to, to glitch know- rare candies. And if you don't know how to, how to get Missing Note, then you, re- if, you weren't really, you know, part of the If game. you know, you know. If you know, you know. And how? Because was internet even a thing back then? How we figured things out by yeah. word of mouth? You know, guys, somebody I, figured it out, man.
0: That's what I was going to go into uh, when, you were ta- when you talked about the mute thing. Back then, you, uh, everything was either magazines. You would read it in magazines. Or I remember there was hotlines that you could call.
1: I never called a hotline. <laughs> I don't know what that is.
0: I only, I think I only did it one time. But there was a hotline that you could call, like a little gaming hotline. And you would pay, like, a little bit of money. Like, it, it was really cheap. And they would give you, like, tips and stuff for games. And they would, like, tell you rumors and different things. And the phone call didn't last very long, but they would tell you, like, they would basically tell you, like, some stuff about games. Like, from that to like what we have now, where you have everything in the palm of your hand on a phone, like it's that
1: wikis, man. To How man. far
0: we've come, it's crazy. God.
1: Yeah, and kudos, kudos. And there's a lot of people who do those wikis, and they make them when a new game drops. You'll find a wiki online, all all the information. And it's only half of moderators, man. So kudos to you guys for doing God's work, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then going back to those old school things, like the like the gambling cable, having to trade. I remember that was one of the craziest things. Uh, that they introduced even as early as that first game, that there was an evolution method of Pokemon where the only way to evolve them was to trade with somebody. Mm-hmm. So you had to find somebody. I remember distinctly them being Gengar, Machamp, uh, and I think Gollum.
1: Machamp, Golem and Alakazam.
0: Alakazam was the last one. You're right. So I remember you had to actually find somebody to physically games. hook up a wire from your system to theirs trade and if you had some kind of attachment to your pokemon you would trade back because that pokemon was yours you know what i mean and just uh simpler times
1: mm, for sure and again we've gone a long way you know and that's because I still remember trying out those GameLink cables. I couldn't stand them, dude. And just so you all know, <laughs> those, those GameLink type of things, there were, and I don't know if anybody remembers, they were even, you know, people would run LAN parties and stuff on computers way back when. And even on Xbox, when the OG Xbox first came out, if you wanted to play like Halo with multiple players, Guess what? You would have multiple Xbox boxes, and lo and behold, you would have a Game Link cable to hook up these Xboxes almost like a LAN party. Where you know, there was no online a hey, no here. We're doing LAN parties. We're doing them with PCs and Xboxes, you name it. You name and it. And then so
0: be- and with that too, like I feel like every friend group kind of had like that those one or two guys that had the gaming link cable. So anytime you wanted to do something like that, like you relied on like that one or two. On those one or two people, like, oh, dude, like, we can't do this because, like, Marcus isn't here. We can't do this because Rico's the one that has the gambling cable. So, that, and then you touched a little bit about how games in the past were were hard. And I completely agree with that. And I think something you got to add in there is, back then, there was no, like, you know what? Like, I'm at this part of the game. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and save my progress, and I'll pick it back up tomorrow. Uh Uh-uh. Like... If you're going to beat this game, you got to commit and you're beating this game tonight.
1: Yeah, and and you know, and another example can be early, early RPGs and those early JRPG guys out there, you know what I'm talking about. You would progress through this game and if you and you saved constantly, you know, all these habits and little things that we do, we save constantly, even if we don't have to anymore because there's autosave, but we saved constantly. Because if you died and you put in three or four hours and you have not saved, you lost three or four hours of progress, and there was nothing, nothing more defeating than putting in an eight-hour session, dying for whatever reason, and then restarting. I I've dropped games because of that, and you know, and it's, <laughs> and the one I can think about off the top of my head is is a, a Lunar Legend. You know, I got through that game, and it wasn't a hard game, but the fact that I put in eight hours, I didn't go back and beat that game until later, until it came out with a PSP or something like that. And i I never forget, because I had it for my Game Boy Advance, and it pissed me off. <laughs> so, yeah. Amen.
0: Being able to save memory cards, all that,
1: godsend, bro. And memory cards had, had makeup bites. Ain't no gigs around here, man. God, I mean, nostalgic, <laughs> man. Nostalgic for sure. <laughs> All right. Well moving on. Moving on. And this one's almost very similar to the first one. Almost very similar. Uh, but you are allowed to kind of, you know, touch base on any part of gaming in your life. What is one of your fondest video game memories? A time where you just remember that, you know, you whether it was because of satisfaction or it was bittersweet or the story was just that compelling.
0: Oh uh, dude, that's easy. Um I remember probably there's a couple of memories, but I remember
2: my fondest one has to be, I remember that it was, it was a homecoming,
0: a homecoming football game at my mom's alma mater. Uh, she's from a small town called Diego, Texas. Their little 3A school uh, out in the country. And we're there at the game and they expect me to be into the game, but I have my face buried in my Game Boy Color playing Pokemon. And it was it was night out, so uh, the original Game Boy Color didn't have backlight. So I remember I had one of those yeah. little attachments that gave Warm you a light. light. Yes, yes. <laughs> I had the worm light. So that would actually drain your battery like quite a bit, because it would it would uh, power up from from the little port on the Game Boy Color. And I remember I had the Atomic Purple Game Boy. It's the one. Yeah. I think that's what it was called.
1: The clear purple the, the, one.
0: Yeah. The clear the clear purple, yeah. And I remember they would kept telling me get like turn that off, turn that off, like watch the game, watch the game. But I was glued to it, and my I remember my battery was about to die. And I remember I had, had this Pokemon that was like, what does this Pokemon do? Like, he's so useless. Like, he's a fish, and he just flops around and does nothing. And then lo and behold, dit 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 dit, the famous Pokemon level up sound. And my fish grows, and it says Magikarp is evolving. And he becomes a dragon i swear i was like what is this my fish that does absolutely nothing just became this huge awesome snake dragon i don't know what is happening and i just remember being like on top of the world like thinking wow like
2: this is this is so cool and then i saved and my my Boy died
0: So I'm glad I saved right before that, but I never forget that the first time. And I, I didn't know people always talk about, uh, you know, what's the greatest evolution in Pokemon and people always go back to that Magikarp to Gyarados evolution. And I remember experiencing that for the first time and exactly where I was, how it happened.
2: And that's just something that always stuck with me. Oddly enough.
1: Yeah, no, and remember, Magic only had one move when you caught him. One move: splash, 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 splash. You used it forty times, and then maybe if you're lucky later on, right before he he evolved, he got tackle, so it made leveling up a little easier. But remember, you remember to level up this guy, you had to you had to start with him, and then always switch into another Pokemon because he was gonna die.
3: Yeah, that <laughs> was that
0: was the strat.
1: <laughs> hey, dude! Oh man, so awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, one of mine uh, fondest moments. Well, one of one of my because I have many. And I'm gonna kind of just mix it up. I'm gonna kind of go with one that's a little bit more recent, um, a little bit more recent. And uh, and I'm talking maybe like what two years ago, three years ago, uh, recent. And I, I'm using an example. There was two games that I had played back to back. Um, one of them, and and I'm I'm sure you played it. Well, no, well, some of you, right? Near Automata, right? Near Automata, and and I remember near the OG game, having played it, never really kind of finished that off. So he said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm glad they re they they re-released it by the way. But anyways, there was a certain fight in that game. And you know, I've invested and you feel for these characters, and it just does a good job of making you feel and Rico never played it, so I just want to make sure I get the okay if I can, you know. Yeah, um, go for it. All right. If you get and spoilers alert in case for anybody out there, right, who's playing it, there's a certain ending in that in near Automata. And in that ending, I want to say it was ending why if I'm not mistaken. and if you know if you know what I'm talking about, yeah, it's called Emile's memories. So what happens is now never forget. This game has 26 endings, one of them being Emil. There's a certain something you have to get. Well, this Emil character is is the merchant throughout the game, right? He's a kid who's in a robot's body, and that's when you kind of learn that, well, in the OG game, he, you know, became this face. And, you know, it's kind of scary, and he's had a really, really, you know, shitty time. And the author of these games is notorious for being just, you know, telling a crazy story, an awesome story. But, you know, they're never really happy endings. Um when i got to this boss fight it is one of the greatest soundtracks the greatest boss fights i have ever to this to ever played because it was so emotional because as you're fighting this character he's he's like he's maniacal he's laughing he's evil halfway through his laugh and i'll never forget it gave me chills when i was shooting him right he's just saying the the world the world doesn't mean anything the world is just stupid and it's you know it should end all these things. And he just starts laughing, ha, 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 ha. And then he, right in between his last ha, he just starts, ha. And he starts crying in the game. I, and he starts bursting out crying and says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's still attacking you. I got, I'm got, i getting chills just talking about it right now. And this music is just playing, right, with the vocals and the sound, the orchestra in the back of the opera, just, you know, strong female voices. And you're attacking this. You're attacking Emil as he's crying. And then he says, And then he becomes delusional i finally remember he starts saying kayene i missed you and all these things when you finally take him down he says oh i see him my old friend and you're looking at this character again he's he he was your merchant he was a guy that you know followed you around and says oh yeah you know all these things so when you're fighting him he says he's about to blow up and you have the choice whether to let him blow up or to not let him blow up and kind of go off on his own well you know, you kill him, and the character I was playing, I was playing as 9S, and I was even playing as 2B, 9S being the the young boy, and I played as all, I, I tried it out as all of them, and 9S just has the best one. He says, no, I'm going to save you, I'm going to save you, and he goes, it's okay, and Remus says, it's okay, and he ends up dying, and I'll, I put the control down, I'm fucking, I, I have tears in my eyes, because, you know, one or two tears, not not bawling, but I said, holy Hell, that that was one of the just most epic fights and was, and regardless of how you feel about the gameplay of the story but the emotional impact of that particular boss fight just you know is amazing crazy and 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 i'll find a video i'm gonna send it to rigo and find a video uh so you kind of see the the song and what i'm talking about and just kind of you know just going through this and i have the soundtrack in on my phone because it was that amazing uh, the other one, I'm not going to kind of get into a little bit more, a little more. Just real briefly is Persona 5 at the end of Persona 5 Royale. Um, epic boss fights, too. You know, boss fights, music, whenever you have a great um, combination of the two. And so, special shout-out to Persona 5 Royale, because I put a lot of hours to that game, too. But the one, the recent one was that Nier, man. Nier Automata. Emile's Memories. Um, I'll find a video later for Rico on that one, just so just so you can see what I'm talking about, man.
0: Just yeah. uh, just by you talking about it, it sounds like a lot to process. Oh, it
1: <laughs> and, was
0: epic. And uh there's there's something there's really something about uh music that can add so much to those moments like whether it's in games, shows, anime like man like the way it kind of just like bursts the mood like wide open and like just hits you it, it's crazy. I love, love music. That.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking for a video right now just so I can post it so you can see it. But I'm, I'm going to put it there. You can you see it whenever you have a chance just so you can see what exactly I'm talking about. But moving on. Anyways, Rico's going to like these questions and they're always fun to kind of get in. And we've asked these questions millions of times. Um, I, I suppose I did have one called Fondest Pokemon Moment. Um, I don't know if you have another one. If you kind of just chalk that up with the ma- with the magic Magikarp, these next two are Pokemon questions. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. So, but let's start with the first one. Um, your favorite Pokemon. Ooh, oh, I know who, but I want people to know who,
0: Oh, my, my, uh, my best boy, my goodest boy, Squirtle, my OG, my first, my first starter, my first, uh, my first love in the Pokemon arena. And still to this day, he's my dude. Uh, then I remember when the anime came around that there was a episode, uh, about, uh, a yeah. pack of Squirtle called the Squirtle Squad. The Squirtle Squad. <laughs> so that just completely cemented, like that was it. He he's forever my guy.
1: They yeah, the Squirtle Squad, and he has he has this awesome, cool little glasses, man. His sunglasses, you know, nobody. And then the other ones, all, all the little cronies, right, had the circular sunglasses. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing episode. Um, I, I, and I knew, right. I I didn't want to kind of get that out there because Squirtle is popular, man. It's always fun to hear why, right? Why these this Pokemon is your favorite. Um, the next question, uh, your fondest Pokemon
2: moment, if you want to add another one. I'm sure you have plenty. My fondest moment. Hmm. or Or a recent fond moment, that might also help. Something that was kind of recent to you also. I think... Uh, The same friend that
0: I mentioned earlier that told me that I was a Pokemon God for getting
2: all 150 Pokemon in the first game. I remember it was when Gold and Silver came out and
0: I was in fifth grade. At the time, we had a different campus that I think we were the last class to go to called the fifth grade campus. And I remember all the talk was about the new Pokemon game and who had it. Who did you pick for your starter, and this and that? And I was over here like already experienced with Pokemon. I had done everything in the first one, and I remember I was the very first person to find and beat Red, which in the game was was the game's version of Ash from the anime. The I guess I guess the manga version.
1: Yeah, the manga more
0: specifically version. because you where you have uh, ash and gary in the anime series you have red and blue in the in the manga right so i was the first person to go and beat ash and i remember everybody talking like oh my god that kid beat found at like found red and beat him like that's ash he beat ash i think that was probably like my fondest memory like i was the first guy to be able to beat like the big hero of the pokemon world
1: that's that's awesome as <laughs> being Pokémon god. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then they told me like I have to I remember that same okay, I brought up that friend because I remember he told me that I had to be like the best Pokémon trainer in the world. And hearing that even if it's from your friend like as a fifth grader, like as a little kid like I like my head was my head got huge. <laughs> <A> little, uh, <laughs> You know, and I, uh, not in a bad way, but you know, like just somebody gassing you up like that, like, oh, sad. I re- I remember, I remember f- going in, finding him in a place called uh, Mount Silver, is what it was called. And it was an endgame area. You had to defeat the Elite Four within the Johto region. Then it was, it's so far, it's been the only series of games. And I say series because the game. It was second generation, but it was actually remade later. So there's two different iterations of the Gen 2 series, Gold and Silver, where we also have Hard Gold and Soul silver in Generation 4 of the video games. So it was the only game in which you play in two different areas. The first region being the Kanto region, which is the second part, and then the new region called the Johto region. So you complete the Johto region challenge, eight gems. Elite Four, then you do eight gyms in the, jo- in the Kanto region. You go back to the OG region. Then you beat the Elite Four again,
2: and then you have access to that place, uh, Mount Silver. And just uh, finding Red and him having all of Ash's Pokemon,
0: including I think his strongest, his, his actual strongest Pokemon was his Snorlax. It was just a tank. But his strongest level-wise was a level 81 Pikachu. And just how they kind of threw that in there, and it was true to who Ash was, was yeah. amazing. Feeling like you were going up against the real Ash and figuring out a way to beat him, just, oh, that was the best.
1: Uh, yeah. and I, and And if... Even if you've played them or, you know, growing up with those, and and we're kind of going through a lot of the nostalgia part like that. Uh, But you have to understand that, you know, these games is what we've had and there wasn't and they were very simplistic in nature. And the fact that they were kind of going with, you know, what seemed like the anime, which, again, Pokemon, you know, blew up when it when it came out, you know. So um, we we gravitated a lot to those type of things. especially when they linked towards the anime the way it did because the pokemon anime was awesome awesome right and even at for that first episode of, of the pokemon anime where you see ho oh oh but we didn't know it was ho because he wasn't introduced yet right so all kinds of super cool stuff uh growing up and uh, that was epic and people were like oh that's not we don't know what it is we don't know how it is people have coming up with theories right but we had no idea that it was a, a ho from gen 2 who wasn't even announced at the time or how we didn't even know anything about so that was a cool you know. They were way ahead of us, and you know, we're glad they were. Um, well, my favorite Pokemon, and again, I'm always there's always some sort of you know story tied to it, right? Um, in my case, more like a familial type thing. Uh, my favorite Pokemon is Ampharos. Um, evolves from uh, Maripan Flaffy. Um, I'll, and that's because I remember beating Pokemon Red a million times pokemon blue a million times because i have three other brothers and we my mom had to make sure because we were fat all the time that we each had our own version well i had soul silver me and my little brother had i'm so sorry i'm sorry had the silver version and my own um, older brothers had the gold version well in that silver version um i remember you know trying to catch a lot of these pokemon and i remember looking at my brother michael and he was playing gold and I said, he was using this Pokemon, super cool looking Pokemon that evolved from the sheep. And I said, sheep looking, they said, who is that? And I was just enthralled on Michael's, this is Ampharos. And he told me something like, this is the strongest Pokemon in the game or whatever. And, you know, for some reason I was like, well, I want to try him out, right? So <laughs> I used him and I thought he was the greatest thing in the world. And, um. And I didn't realize I didn't get back into the series, I, play, I played Pokemon with Rigo all the way up until uh, college, even in college. I did miss out on the mega Evolutions um, gen generation. And, and I think that's the only one I missed out on. I think that was X and y.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: X and y. I and missed on I missed out on X and y and then I played eight and went back to seven. And I didn't realize until the fact that you know people ask, well, who favorite Pokemon? I think about it. My mind always went back to Afros. You know, I was like, Ampharos is my favorite Pokemon. So I was like, really? I said, yeah. So, um, Ampharos kind of came into play, um, and never looked back. So now, every time I, I see like, you know, I see something Ampharos, I have Ampharos pin, Ampharos plushie, Ampharos in my games. I have a shiny Ampharos. Rico gave me another shiny Ampharos. Um, so I have all kinds of Ampharos. and it's you know, it's, it's it's just when you have this connection to a Pokemon, right? Regardless of whether it's digital, it's just something special. So don't judge me. It's um, an...
0: And that that's that's a that's a really good one I think because I feel like, you know, not that I n- not to not to say like it's any lesser, but I know a lot of people generally like are gonna pick the starters, the starters, my first Pokemon, and that's the case with me, and it doesn't make me like love them any less. But I think it's very n- cool and unique that your favorite Pokemon is not somebody that you just started with; it's someone that you found along the way. And in Gen Two, I think there's actually a pretty good little story with Ampharos being that it's the lighthouse Pokemon. I think the yeah. Pokemon trainer's name is she is it Jasmine? Is it? I don't remember. I is don't it Jasmine? Is it? I think it's Jasmine <laughs> that her her Amphros is sick. So you have she you get access to Surf, and you have to Surf to go get uh to go get medicine to help her Amphros because her Amphros is who runs is the Pokemon that runs the lighthouse. And without the lighthouse, uh it's dangerous on the sea for ships and so forth. It's the little story. So you actually help her, if I'm not mistaken, uh the Amphros' nickname is Amphi.
2: Amphi, yeah. I
0: still remember that.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I uh well Amphros also comes out in the in the anime too and he's just as Goofy and amazing as I've always pictured him to, Or her, him to be uh, So that was awesome when the episode came out He was running around that dragon eye And they even made a gif out of it, it's amazing Or jif or however you know, people pronounce it um, But a as GIF. far as It's a GIF. GIF. gif, we're not savages I, I, I say gif People say, <laughs> okay. say gif and they're like Oh the creator said gif." So I'm not against a whole the whole.
0: jif is GIF. peanut butter <laughs> uh,
3: um,
1: But
0: it, it's nice to think that It's really nice It, it warms my heart to think that the people say that every Pokemon out there is somebody's favorite. Oh yeah. So I I just, I love that thought because there's so many out there. Like there's, if you're into Pokemon or, or you're new to Pokemon or you've never heard of Pokemon, there's one out there for everybody.
2: So it's, it's a great, uh, great series.
1: Yeah. What were we done? um, I had fondest Pokemon moment. Um, Oh, you did you? You already answered that. Uh, I'm going to move on here. One of your favorite. I'm sorry, favorite. Yeah, favorite video game genres. Now, in this case, I know, and the reason I ask is because you know, I'm being that you love Pokemon. Being that uh, I'm, I love Legend of Zelda and 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 things like that. As far as your favorite franchises. is there a type of genre that, no matter, regardless of what the game looks like, just because it's that particular type of game that's right up your alley, you're gonna at least give it a shot? Anything like that? What's your favorite type of genre in that regard? And give me some examples.
2: Oh, wow, a, a genre. That's that's a little tough for me because I don't think, I don't think I've ever really stuck to just one
0: one genre i think you know i i play a little bit of shooters here obviously i play the turn-based style stuff with pokemon and the collecting aspect there uh the shooters uh i guess maybe resident evils
2: overwatches destiny uh i play a couple of different kind of games on my switch uh you know another another different kind of Pokemon game in Pokemon Snap hmm. i would
3: other-
0: I, I would think the the only it would have to be i guess our uh, i guess like an RPG any anything where you can kind of like customize your character is something I've always been drawn to. So I think if I'm talking about games that are
2: different that I've been drawn to is anytime I can build a character and make it feel like my own. So
0: that would probably have to be things like RPGs. Like uh, one that I was really into for a long time was Skyrim. I don't know Would that be an RPG.
1: Definitely, yeah, role playing game. Hey, you 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 take the you take the role of the of the main character in the game and they set out to clear the objective. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And even though they're very different, uh, something like Skyrim, something like the Mass Effect series, where even though like at the end of the day, you're shooting uh, and using powers, you know, you make your character into the character you want to be. And the, you make him into the playstyle that you want to have. You make him play that way. Uh, lately, the one that has been amazing is Elden Ring, because that's another one where you can just be who you want to be. If you want to be, if you want to go around killing everything, do it. If you want to be a good guy and help people out, do it. If you want to pick and choose between those two, do it. If you want to be jumping around everywhere, do it. If you want to kill everything in one shot, do it. If you want to be a mage, do it. Yeah. So I, I think I think I would have to go with RPGs.
1: Well, it sounds it sounds like you were talking about Fable just there. So uh, I'm sure I I love the Fable series too. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I've been hoping for the next Fable game in the series for years. Years. It sounds like you you, you were you were talking about Fable. You said Elden Ring and all of a sudden you're talking about one shotting and you know looking and you know, hey, well let me tell you in Fable, you can at least have a wife and have kids, you know that? And buy condoms too. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I played the, I played the hell out of part one two, uh, multiple times. And part three was the one that was kind of lackluster as far as Fable's concerned. So I'm I'm personally super hyped for for part four. Um well, one of my favorite, and I've always been super big into RPGs, JRPGs. I, I'm a huge JRPG fan. Um, I've always kind of been set more so on the story aspect of these RPGs, right? How you have a main character, and your main character's out to, you know, to save the world. And I, I've never really minded the um, the main characters being, you know, like if you played the Tales series, Tales of Sophonia or Tales of Cisteria, uh Basaria, and you know, any of those Tales, Tales of Grace, any of those Tales games, you know. Uh, where you have the main character it's a jrpg you're leveling up these characters, you're giving them equipment, and there's a story being told I've always loved those. I've played Eternal sonata sonata uh folklore a so you can kind of more kind of action more of a more of an action adventure game on that one uh but RPGs have always have always been um what I look into, JRPGs more specifically. Every time there's a JRPG out there, I'm always going to at least give it a glance. I don't care how obscure or what it looks like. I'm going to see if it's more, you know, the story looks interesting, if it's more, at my, uh, more up my more my alley, you know, what the hours are putting and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm really going to try to give those a chance. Um, another, another one of my favorites that, you know, and I'm, this is kind of more to myself, um, are I guess strategy games, right? i love I grew, I grew up with warcraft part one and two and then when part three reigns of chaos came on the frozen throne part three came out i was obsessed when starcraft came out just obsessed and i paid those growing up we had a an old computer that we should pay those on so those type of rts games real-time strategy games i've always had a special place in my heart and then the other type of strategy games are like fire emblem I'm not, again Game Boy advance buying fire emblem part one and that those type of turn-based strategy games just really kind of took off and you know made me fall in love and anytime there's a game like that out there i'm i'm gonna get, i'm gonna buy it give it a look hopefully love it at advanced wars um the other one was that days of ruin for the ds there's actually one on the xbox and i'm trying to remember what it was, what it was called um that's it's called something melodies uh or it might be totally office deal. It's at, at, um, anamorphic, anamorphic characters. It plays a lot like at Advanced Wars, and same concept. You have a grid, you move your character to that grid, and they have a unit when two two players go together, and those units are destroying each other. Um, so anytime there's an RTS game or a turn-based strategy game like that coming out, I'm, I'm always going to kind of, you know, give it a look. Uh, um, you know, hopefully, if you're looking for that next big thing, um, as far as those Fire Emblem games are concerned, I've always had a special, it's awesome. Those are amazing games. I, I've always liked the tactical advantage to it. Putting that game on, you know, the hardest difficulty, I'm really trying to strategize and outsmart the AI. And again, it's coming from time with no internet. So when the first Fire Emblem came out, you best believe that was, that's what it was all, all about. You're trying to outsmart the AI it was whatever it was uh, trying to give you. Um, and then Mega Man Battle Network, again, kind of strategy, grid type thing, and we're still hoping have another good friend of ours um, always thinks that he was the greatest at this game, and I'm out there proving my life's mission to prove wrong when the next Mega Man Battle Network game comes out of our collection. So, yeah, and I kind of gave you more than one genre, but, you know, I do really feel passionate <laughs> about all those. What's your favorite <laughs> genre? All or of them. the
3: name Eight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, but, and but as a gamer, right, you can't help it, right? Because these games do have, um, do have do have a special meaning. And like I said, uh, I did list at least three or four of my genres. And obviously, those would be my go tos. It doesn't mean I'm not open to everything. I play everything and anything, um, you know that you, even if it's if it's uh, shooters or BRs or I uh, will play racing games, you know, those as for as anything, anything that's anything. It's a game and it's it's out there. I'm gonna give it a chance or at least give it a try. And I, I know Rico the same way. So in that regard as far as these genres are concerned but i do kind of want to give you a, spe- a special shout out and mention to those um this next question and this might this one might be a hard one so if, if you if if you're not sure uh you can go ahead and pass i we've actually talked about this a while back whenever we we were playing online a while back um but again if you're not sure you can go ahead and pass what are some games you think have a small following or you feel not a lot of people have played right some of those smaller niche games that you've played and you, but you feel like it, it didn't have that recognition like it was supposed to Ooh.
0: some
2: games that i played that i don't think that
0: i think deserve more
2: recognition yeah
1: and, and, and i i think i have one on top of my head and it was it was real popular when it came well maybe real popular when it came out right Which maybe why they made two or three um i was a big fan of and again Ogre battle, Ogre battle is one that came out with the X64. We haven't had an Ogre battle since. I'm not sure exactly how big the the, the niche or the community was for that particular game, uh, being that it came out for the X64. But they they've kept re-releasing it, um, so I'm hoping that game gets more love. Another game, what it was the game for the Game of Advance called Golden Sun? They did make three and. Uh, that was another one was, again, it's not not that it might not be a smaller niche type game. I'm sure you were probably thinking maybe small, small that nobody's ever really played. Uh, mm-hmm. But those are the kind of two that I feel that more people should give those type of games a chance. You I know, mean, if they haven't played them, or at least kind of play them. And they did release them on, the I think the last thing you can play them on is the Wii U virtual console, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. But I'll give you, I'll give you another, more of a smaller niche if if you don't have
2: one. No, I think my mind my mind i don't i don't see them as
0: something you know i played them as a kid so I, at that point i didn't really know like and i don't follow up like too much with how popular stuff is like if i like it i like it right yeah. so the stuff rather like for me the way i see it is why haven't they made these games again or why haven't they continued the series uh, the games that that, uh, that right away come to mind are stuff like Hunter the Reckoning.
1: The Reckoning, oh
0: man. You know, even though I know that that was a, a popular one, amongst like our friend group, like I don't see that name thrown around a lot. Like you oh, yeah. hear some other things. Then another game, and, and you know, that game also because not only is it fun to play on your own, but uh, couch co-op, you know, like being able to play with other people and Different type of characters with different weapons, different abilities, powers, whatever. Uh, that's one for sure. And then another one I think of is Gauntlet Legends. Yeah, I know. I know that one was real popular too. And uh, again, like same kind of game. You have different kind of characters. You run through different missions, and you get to play with with your friends, couch co op. Uh, yeah. You know, being able to, I think, bringing those into like the modern era with being able to play with your friends online, like oh that would that would be nuts. Another one that falls into that thought process for me is uh fusion frenzy.
1: Oh yeah. Yes sir.
0: And uh like I say I know for at their at the time like they all had like their their moment in the sun of when they were popular, but like where's where's the new one? Where's the one where where I can play with my friends online and you know, with new new experiences, pretty much, with the way gaming has evolved so much since then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's because we bought Fusion Frenzy. And thinking it had online capabilities or compatibility, and it didn't. It was local play, and all of us were pissed because I think it was like four of us who bought it. And we're like, oh, well, we get to play. And then we realized that it was we didn't read the fine print, and we were screwed.
3: <laughs> yeah, so those
0: are the three games that come to mind right away. I don't know as far as like them being unpopular, but... In terms of like where's the new one <laughs> like that's where my mind goes
1: the, my biggest niche and i know i mentioned two but my biggest niche and i'm going to say this one might be smaller i was thinking of blue dragon on the, the xbox 360 but that one mm-hmm. did have a, a, a good um good reception but they never i think the last one that came out you know was that 360 version they have a ds version but one that i'm going to talk about and nobody ever really kind of i think it used to come out on Game Boy, Game Boy color and they actually made a part two on the N64, which was not as popular as but Mystical Ninja, starring Goemon, um, came out for the N64. And it was it's exactly what it sounds like. If you're not, if you're not familiar with, uh, with Goemon, he, it, it played very much like, like Zelda. Um, as far as you know the, the the adventure aspect, you go you travel, you beat the boss, you're able to go to the next uh, the next location you go to the next location um, this one had some platform elements to it and um, it was it's an amazing game and the last time it was and you can't even play this on the only way you can play this game is on the n64 they never released it or nothing. I'm not sure why this game would never kind of really um, got out there and I'm kind of looking at I was curious as to how many how many uh, units sold. It sold 200,000 copies worldwide. Um, so that kind of puts it to perspective. That is a kind of small niche, right? Um, mm-hmm. but Mystical Ninja on the N64 had some great characters. It had an awesome story. Um Ibusumaru was his was his uh was his partner with a big guy, right? And it was funny, like this this game had no business being as funny and as, you know, goofy as it really was, and the fact that it was so popular. Um, but yeah, as far as a small niche game, that's one I'm really going to kind of, you know, throw out there because it it was, it had, it had a lot of surrealist humor, clever puns. Um, it was a sci-fi and there was even one right from the beginning, right, right in the beginning after you take out the first boss, you get into this Goemon Megazord looking thing and you're just beating the hell out of this other giant... Monsters that try to attack you're like, what the hell has just happened? Like, what is transpiring? And then the music was super epic. You know, if I'm not I think it was like some sort of anime based on anime type thing. It's so epic, and you know, and the music was so great. You know, is that that one does need a lot more uh, recognition out there. And again, I'm, I'm looking here: fifty five units in America and one hundred and forty one in Japan. So that does fit the question to the T as far as the small niche. So people do need to go with that. Go out there and if you know if you have if you have an N sixty four, hook it up, play it. You won't regret it. As for you know, mystical ninja starring Go-Man. you gotta give it a try. Give it a try. Um, all right. Well, moving on. Now we're gonna change it. Change. We've talked. We've talked a lot about gaming. Um, so we're gonna change. We're gonna change it up a bit. Kind of get into one of our other kind of niches that we kind of work and will not work. Kind of see a lot. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about anime. Um, so first question here, and it's you can answer however you like. And there's kind of like a two-party here. You bet again, whichever best fits. Or if you don't know, you can pass. Um, your gateway anime or your first anime experience, just because of our gateway anime, and not to be confused with our first experience. Considering that you know, tsunami was a thing, and you kind of really kind of paid attention. for those who know, tsunami was a block that came out right after school from 3:30 to about 5:30. That did show. Um, various type of anime or CGI type uh, shows. Um, so, gateway anime or first anime experience.
2: Uh, so, I think I can. I think I can answer both of those. Uh, as far as first experience, like I
0: gotta throw it back to the uh, what you said. The after school, uh, my parents. My parents both worked at my school. And I had two other friends that their parents, both of their mothers worked at school. So every day after school, we would hustle up to one of my buddy's mom's was a teacher and she had a TV in her room. We would go to her room and we would catch the latest episode of Dragon Ball Z and Reboot. So I remember those being my first two experiences. I, I guess I would say Dragon Ball Z would be my first experience. But Gateway, uh, would have to be one that I saw years later, once I was in high school. That was actually put onto me by my little sister. Uh, one called
2: Naruto, and uh, what drew me to it is how all the characters were so unique and their
0: abilities were also different, and how. It wasn't always like the same hero every episode. Uh, Different people with different powers and different abilities were the hero at different times. Uh, So I would have to give it up to Naruto as uh, the anime that got me really into the whole anime universe and going out there, uh, watching it. The first time that uh, I went online... And anybody that knows uh, about animes and mangas will remember, will probably remember a website by the name of, uh, what was it? uh, Was it anime Fox or
2: or there was one called, there was one called like Panda.
1: I used to use one. I used to watch on, what is it? um, I seen happy dubs, happy subs, stuff like that.
0: Dub happy was the one to watch, but the one that we would, the one that we, where we would read the manga. Like it was the first time oh, I was active. Oh. It wasn't
1: it called uh I used to I used to read man on Naruto spot or Naruto spot. Naruto spot?
0: Yeah, there oh, was Naruto. one called like like anime panda or anime fox or something like that. And I remember going there like every was it Thursday or every Wednesday?
1: Every Thursday.
0: Every because Thursday we would like I would go and look for the newest uh the newest chapter of the of the second part of Naruto, which was called uh, Naruto Shippuden, which was when he's a little bit older. Uh, And then I remember when it ended, I was like, what am I going to do now? Like, and then you go and discover there's this whole big world of all these animes out there and, you know, right away, you want to fill that void. Like, okay, well, I'm not watching Naruto anymore. So like, what's like, what can I find that's similar? And you know, that's you hard. go you go down the rabbit hole of all these different things.
1: So yeah, that's pretty difficult. Trying first
0: would fir- first would be Dragon Ball Z, but first real gateway would be Naruto.
1: Yeah. And that's well, kinda kinda the same. My first as an anime experience, and I'll never forget, I used to get picked on growing up, uh, because I was I actually really, really enjoyed the art style of whatever I was watching. I, I didn't know how to name for it at the time. I was little, I was young, um, seven, eight years old, maybe six as of early. Uh, and the first thing I remember seeing, and yeah, we, everybody saw Dragon Ball Z after school. But for some reason, Sailor Moon came out a lot on just random television for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just tsunami. So I was actually watching... Like, when it come on, again, I would watch it, like, for, you know, my brother, she'd be like, oh, you watch Sailor Moon, you girl, and all these things. I get teased about it. But,
3: <laughs> Classic but it big home. brother. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was, it was anime, and I thought it was, I thought it was, it looked like the coolest thing, right? And then, you know, I Sailor, Sailor uh, Sailor Moon, Sailor Venus, Sailor Mars, uh, Tuxedo Mask, we were both worthless, right? And they were kind of in this weird relationship, and he kind of literally did nothing. But I thought it was super coolest thing, right, with the top hand and his uh, super cool mask. And then Dragon Yikes. Ball Z, yeah, his tugs. And then Dragon Ball Z came out, and my little brother was obsessed with Dragon Ball Z. To this day, he's still obsessed. And we watched Dragon Ball Z growing up together. And even then, you know, I would watch any type of anime that was out there. And one of the more obscure experiences uh, was actually at my grandmother's house. There was a, and I saw that it was anime. But, you know, I was like, what is this? And it was called X, just X. When I turned it on, it was an anime. I caught myself watching this film it, it was a film it wasn't the series because there's a series this was the film and i I forgot what channel it was, but I remember seeing this guy with the sword it was kind of bloody kind of dark and it it, it was dark and it was just tripped out um you know this this movie that came out and it, it must have been like in 2000, 2001 when it kind of came on because there was um it, it was in English it was in dub obviously and I don't remember what channel but I remember seeing X and I remember being freaked out and how cool it looked um but ultimately, you know, gateway anime, uh, and I remember watching Legend of, uh, The Legend of, um, of the Avatar, um, mm-hmm. and I remember calling Rico, and I was just like, hey, man, there's Avatar, and he goes, no, nah, you got to check this one out. Uh, okay, cool, right? And so all of a sudden, lo and behold, I started watching Naruto also. <laughs> uh, I must have finished the entire 200 episodes in, what, about a week? And I was at Rico's house, because I didn't have internet where I lived. Internet, again, was, was a luxury at the time. Rico had internet. So this was in, in, you know, 16 years old, right? Going to Rico's house, watching these episodes, and I still remember Puddin' had just come out, and they had only dubbed the first four episodes of Shipputin. I want to say the first hundred episodes were they had subbed already, so there was like some catching up to do. Right before the pain arc is where we caught up, and the manga had caught up too, We caught up with the manga. Started reading. We started reading the manga in, um, in college, and no joke. And I still remember when it finished. The Naruto shippuden manga ended in 2014, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should remember, and I was already a teacher at the time. I was still reading it as a teacher, and I remember reading the final chapter behind my desk. And I said, "Well, what now? Like, what the hell? <laughs> what am I going to do? Right? You're trying to fill this void, and and I was an anime watcher. Like, I was watching all kinds of anime, you know. Uh, Already in college, high school, and in college, whether it was Gantz, Gungrave, uh, Yu show. Obviously, you have the earlier stuff: Ranma Hat, oh, One Half, Roni Kenshin, um, Outlaw Star. You know, the the stuff that was really available. Eureka Seven was one I watched in college, or uh, or Zammed, or you know, just just different types of anime. You know, looking for something to fill that Naruto anime void, and it was tough, and it was tough, um, to kind of find something to to fill that to fill it, um. So then, strangely enough, when, and I'll never forget, when the Naruto manga finished, I said, well, I want to read something, right? There's something, I want to read some more stuff. And this was early 2014. We hadn't hit the golden age of anime or, you know, uh, the manga wasn't as popular. you were still considered a little like, oh, you know, kind of into those things. Um, and I called 2018-17 the golden age of just anime and manga because that's where it really blew up and it became cool. So we were no longer, the you know, the nerds. We were the cool kids now because we seen on read all these things. But strangely enough, when Naruto finished, there was a comic that Naruto Goku and um, Naruto Goku and there was one and, and um, from Bleach. Um, oh my God! So the, I am having a brain fart right now. What's Ichigo? his name? Ichigo. Were there and they said, "Oh, we're passing on the torch." And, and they're like, "Oh, you think you think it's gonna be alright?" He's and then uh, Naruto says, "He's gonna be just fine." Well, they passed the torch on to this kid. And I said, who the hell is this kid? It ended up being My Hero Academia. So there I go, same day Naruto finished, I find this My Hero Academia four chapters in, and I started reading My Hero right after Naruto, you know? And strangely enough, it, when it, and I was reading it every day uh, for the past five years until it debuted in 2018, or the anime debuted. debuted, And that's one of the, I, I chalked that up as one of the anime to kind of really, get things to kind of pop off it became cool and i said what the hell i was like you you know my hero and everybody's like yeah my hero i know what I, was like. I was like what the? F-? i was like what are you all-? I was like, what's going on here right because i was kind of oblivious i was always in my own little world i never really had anybody to kind of talk to about these things so that was just kind of you know watching and unless it was rico unless he was watching i really had nobody else so that was a pretty interesting um experience there with anime it kind of got a little overboard but yeah you got me Uh next one. Um and uh you you can give me one of your and I'm gonna say recent, recent favorite anime, one that you saw recently that really resonated and stuck
2: with you. Oh that's uh that's gotta be Black Clover. Uh, (laughs) I I...
0: (laughs) it kind of has this uh this kind of polarizing reputation where people either really, really love it or really, really hate it. Uh but I had heard a lot about it. Uh I don't remember if you're the one that recommended it to me or how I ended up watching it, but yeah. I immediately, immediately fell in love with uh a certain group of characters because it's just pretty much like a band of misfits and they don't fit in anywhere else, but under their captain, which I still to this day, like, man, like, he's he's the best. Shout out to Captain Yami. Yami. Uh, <laughs> you know, he makes, he makes this band of misfits into a family and just makes them all feel loved. And even though other people don't think your powers or your abilities are worth the damn, like, I'm going to show you that there's something and you're something. And if nobody else wants you, I want you and I love you. And just that message in that anime and the way they have that the 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 way they have that family of misfits just so tight and and homey and like a f- family just that has to be the one.
1: Hey, Black Clover, and there's there's a character for just about everybody if if you watch Black Clover, and I know a lot a, a lot of things where people kind of hate, it. oh, you know, Asta's annoying and he yells and he's annoying, he yells, you know, and there's not. You know, people are always going to kind of find a way to kind of nitpick and gritty. But ultimately, hey, if anime has that many episodes, you know, they're obviously doing something right. And, you know, it's no exception to anything. It's amazing. You know, it, it becomes captivating. It's amazing. There's a character for everybody and they're all awesome and, and unique in their own way. You know, and if you don't like the Black Bulls, you know, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Um but hey, yeah, Black Clover is awesome. Um, one of my favorite recent—I'm just—I'm trying to think. Cause I've seen—I've seen quite a bit, and I'm trying to think more or less. Um, one of my favorite recent—I wouldn't call it. Well, they're called dongwas. It's—it's—it's—it's—it's um, it's, 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 anime is Japanese, dongwas are Chinese, and for some reason, I started—not started. it's not even that. There's a lot. Um, I kind of got into two of them. It's uh, what is it? The Adventures of the Demon King or something like that. But the one that really, really just took off for me is one called Link Click. It's it's on Funimation. I didn't see it on Crunchyroll, but it's on Funimation. I know they're doing the whole Crunchyroll Funimation um merge right now. So if you can mm-hmm. find time to watch it on Funimation before before, you know, or hopefully it'll go on to Crunchyroll. Um and it isn't it is in Mandarin, it isn't Chinese. Um, but it was exceptional. The Dongwa was the music, like, as soon as the opening played, I was hooked. The ending was amazing. The the mystery, I've always been, I've always liked this time travel kind of gimmick thing. And this one does, it, it's not really time travel, kind of, but it has its own spin. And the character is just awesome. And the mystery is just amazing. Um, As far as recent, recent, that's actually one of the ones I saw. Man, it was about, a, it was already a few months ago. I did see it this year because uh, i would heard a lot about it. But Link Click is definitely a must watch. The season two teaser was amazing. The ending of season one, I was just mind blown. Um, so I do recommend that dong um, to anybody who's interested, you know. And I do have a friend. We have another buddy of mine who's, hey, what should I watch? What should I watch? And uh, mostly everything, 99% of the stuff that I've told him to watch, I'm talking about Andrew, he's watched it and he's enjoyed it. And he hates on me because uh, Steins Zero, he says, was trash. But I I wholeheartedly disagree because I love Steins <laughs> I ain't, I ain't about to take that business um i, I right.
0: think i think another one that i mean i feel like we have to mention is also going to be demon slayer and i don't bring i didn't bring that one up because i think like everybody loves that one because yeah. it's
1: just so good between demon slayer and, and i don't know but it between demon slayer and attack on titan this 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 anime renaissance that i've kind of been talking about um strangely enough um My Hero was the first where I kind of see I kind of, you know, seen it here, seen it there. And strangely enough, Attack on Titan actually came out a while back, a long while back. And when Attack on Titan came out, strangely enough, it didn't have the effect that, you know, things like My Hero had or Demon Slayer had. And I'm going to chalk it up for a good reason. Attack on Titan came out in 2013. That's when the anime debuted. And obviously, you know, we didn't have, you know, the streaming services readily available like we do today. That, and when you're talking about shonen, it's not your, it's not your, you know, average standard type shonen that you would watch, like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, um, Bleach, you know, Demon Slayer, My Hero, where it became a thing because younger people started watching, you know, My Hero, right? They started watching Demon Slayer and all of a sudden, you know, these young kids started doing it. Every all these young kids started doing it. Now you have all these young kids really catching up and watching Naruto and a lot of the old school big three and/or you know, the old school anime because it became cool to like these things. Demon Slayer blew up, right? Demon Slayer blew up. It's actually considered, you know, the best one of the best animes that are in our modern times. You know, My Hero was kind of up there in 2018, 2019. It's been a while since you've heard about it, but Attack on Titan has actually become more than just anime and and i and i i call it more along the lines of a it's a cultural phenomenon is what attack on Titan is experiencing just because it's more towards the end it does have that luxury of kind of ending so people are already kind of getting on that hype uh non-anime watchers are watching it people who have never seen anything you know people are watching it because it is that captivating it's become that cultural thing almost like the almost like game of thrones um so it's really cool to see attack on time and finally kind of get that, you know, especially when it started off, not that cultural thing. And, and, and they did it, you know, despite that, uh, Demon Slayer, my hero kind of seem to be the two big ones that kind of took that kind of make, made that take off, you know, anime in general to, to the heights that we're seeing, right. It's cool to see these movies in theaters. All these movies are being released in theaters, right. And you, and, and even believe me, you can even go back and check, you know, some, one of the more renowned movies to a uh, the studio, studio Ghibli films. Every time those movies were released in theaters, they had a small, niche people would watch them you know what i mean but they weren't breaking records like demon slayer mugen train you know breaking the number japanese you know record you know when i think uh, spirit away had had it for a long time and then i I forgot who had been them and then demon slayer just came and just steamrolled everybody um so you can obviously see that the popularity overall across the world is just it's just awesome and that is again it's a great time to watch anime, it's a great time to be an anime watcher. It's a, it's a great time to be a manga reader because more than likely your stuff is going to get adapted. Um, they're giving more manga chances, but by the same token, you know, hopefully these mangas hit because they don't hit, they are getting canceled rather quickly. Um, uh, so it's just kind of interesting things to see, but it's a great time to just be an anime manga re- reach reader water and watch uh, reader in general because it's that captivating and it's not going to go anywhere. It's you know, Crunchyroll, Funimation, Merge um Sony kind of just kind of really getting into that niche, and you know all these studios that are that are being just popping up and trying to, you know, it's it's just great. It's great overall, and the fact that now we're getting, you know, the spring season, the fall season, the winter season, the summer season, it's obviously, you know, it's great. It's great, and and I can't, I can't wait to see, you know, what the next ten years of anime has in store. Mm-hmm. Um, sure all right, know. moving. On. We're almost done here. We got a couple more questions. Nothing too crazy. Uh, one kind of getting away from anime i know anime obviously wasn't as long as that like gaming and again it always happens and i told myself i told her we should start with anime right it's just so we can kind of flip flop we start with gaming and because whatever we're talking about always kind of just dominates the, the conversation obviously right and i started with gaming questions so we had more time in the beginning kind of getting to these gaming questions and you know so next time for sure episode four we're starting if we have an anime topic we're starting with anime because trust me We can go off, and I can really get into the 90s, 80s, early 2000s, nitty-gritty type of titles, and kind of discuss them and kind of see what's up with those. I
0: mean, you asked me about Pokemon. Of course, I'm going
1: to go (laughs) for three minutes. (laughs) I had had, had to throw those questions out there. I just had to. All right. Uh, So, continuing on. We we have a couple more. Uh, We are going to get into sports in a bit. But before we get into sports, and I did put one question because, uh, again – we we like to you know we're the jack of all trades right we're the we like to talk about a little bit about everything. Um, any shows in general that you're enjoying right now? Not not necessarily anime, but anything that you're watching, whether it's on Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus. It's
2: funny you say that, Paramount that, Plus that, because
0: that, there's a show <laughs> there's a there's a show right now uh, that has a lot to do with gaming. Uh, A little show by the name of Halo, a game by the name of Halo. I don't know if you've ever heard of it.
1: Never. I have no idea what it's about. I heard about some Covenant, something about Master Chief, you know, trying to save the world. Like something like that, right?
0: Yeah. So uh, his show, uh, there's a Halo show currently coming out on Paramount Plus. Uh, Actually drops every Thursday. So there should be an episode out already uh, that I haven't seen. Uh, This will be episode four. Uh, I believe, of nine, four of nine. So that's pretty much what I'm watching week to week. Um, What else? And the other show I'm watching is on HBO Max. It's called Winning Time. It's a series about the rise of the Lakers dynasty in the 80s, starting with uh, Dr. Jerry Buss buying the Lakers and drafting Irvin Magic Johnson. Nice. And uh, how their story plays out. So those are the two things I'm currently watching. And just those are my week-to-week shows. Uh, Stranger Things just got a preview Ooh,
2: yesterday. Yeah. Oh, man. So
0: that's what I'm anticipating. Uh, the most probably right now. We also have uh, House of the Dragon coming
2: later this year. Uh, Obi-Wan next month. Obi Wan, uh, Star Wars character, getting his own series. Yeah. So those trailers know. have popped off,
1: you know. And again, that's, maybe that's why next time we should finish with gaming, so we can talk more about these type of things. Uh, the the Obi trailer, the 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 music, Battle of the Fates, man, it was, it was, and it was like a little bit of a remix, more somber, more melancholic. Oh, it was amazing. And then the Stranger Things trailer, and And the good thing about those, you know, it's going to be five seasons. We're on the penultimate season, season four. And it was amazing looking, beautiful looking. And again, that's why we got. We got to to open up next time, you know, in reverse just to make sure. I'm I'm going to hold you to that, Rico. I'm holding you to that. (laughs) Man, that's awesome. Great stuff, man. Uh, Some of the things that I was enjoying just recently, and I'm primarily an anime watcher. Anime watcher. So Rico said, oh, you're watching a live action. Live action. Gross. (laughs) <laughs> um, always, not that. but no, and they, but nonetheless, uh, when I watch something live action, Rick says, Hey, if you're watching something live action, then it, ha- it has, have be, it has to be, has to be good a good copy. caught your attention, you know, in some shape or, or form. And I said, yeah, man. And and the last live action one I saw, usually you watch things on Disney plus, Disney+, but I've really been into, um, uh, the DC stuff. And I started off with the Harley Quinn show a while back, a long while back. And it was amazing. The animated one, you see, it's not even. Live action, but it's amazing. Poison Ivan, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn. Oh man, they're so awesome. But anyway, Peacemaker. <laughs> oh man, if you haven't, if you haven't, got I, don't, I,
0: I don't watch much live action, but the first Peacemaker. show I'm going to talk about is an animated series.
1: <laughs> hey, I was, I was bullied up to Peacemaker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get me. Hey, that's just going to show. But nonetheless, Peacemaker. Peacemaker was awesome. It was amazing. That series was you got to You got to go a watch. Uh, I did see Peacemaker. Good game came out a, a, a long while back on Netflix. That was also awesome. Um, Moon Knight is also on Disney Plus. I not, and you can you can ask anybody. For, when it comes to that week to week stuff, I just have a hard time because I like to binge watch things and I like to get the whole story in one in one go. So I usually wait whenever something that I want to see comes out. So I can kind of watch it consecutively. Um, so I did, see, I, I did see that you know those were coming out, so I do plan on giving those a watch. Something live action that I'm enjoying right now, Halo, I, I, um, I haven't seen the second one, so again, I think they're on episode four, so, so I, could, I get to watch three in a row now, so that's awesome. But I am watching Halo um, on Paramount Plus, and Severance, which just kind of finished, and another friend of ours kind of talks about that one, and I'm on episode three of Severance, and that one's a good one. Again, the whole mystery, the mystery thriller type stuff, it's always a good one. Um, on on Apple, was it Apple Plus? Apple's got Apple Plus, right?
3: Apple,
1: yeah. Apple yes, yeah, on on Apple TV. There you go. on Apple TV. So you're watching. You can watch Severance on that one also. Um, I think that's the only thing about live action because I am watching. You know, three, four different anime right now, especially because the spring season just dropped or is dropping, and um, you have uh, Spy X Family, which is awesome. And then um, Love is War, the third season, just came out. So it's a lot of good ones, and I'm watching all these. And again, those week, that week-to-week stuff, um, that's an exception. And of course, the second season of... Uh, shield hero so there's a lot a lot to catch up on for the spring season so i'm super excited because a little small niche tiger and bunny season two just came out on netflix and i remember watching that one when i was in like what in 2012 2013 so super excited about that one it came out a while back so I'm, i'm waiting to finish these things up so i can give that season two my undivided attention um, but yeah, let's move on. I just want to get that kind of quick question. We do I only have about two or three questions here in the uh, sports, and we mentioned it before, but I do want to get it on record. what, is, who is your favorite sports team and what made you like them? What made you them what made them your favorite?
3: Mm, okay, so
2: I remember this very distinctly, both. Uh, I was in elementary. And I remember, in, uh,
0: I remember, you know, getting into sports with my with my parents watching uh, Michael Jordan, watching the Cowboys, watching the Spurs, just because that's who we watched around here, right?
2: But I remember watching a football game, and I remember thinking, "Wow."
0: this team lets a fat guy run with the ball. Like that's so cool. And little did I know that that fat guy is Jerome Bettis, the AKA bus. the bus.
1: Yes, sir. So,
0: so because of him and because of that game, that's automatically Steelers fan, but automatically Steelers guy. fan, they let the fat guy run with the ball. <laughs> so that's what it was in football. And, uh, you know, I don't really watch too much football anymore, but anytime I am watching, I'm watching the Steelers. And that's what I'm rooting for. Yes. Uh, basketball is the one that I still keep up with to this day. And again, similar story. Uh I you know, I loved I love my my certain players throughout the years. Uh some of my favorite basketball players are like Shaq, uh Dominique Wilkins. During the Michael Jordan era, I loved Dominique Wilkins. I just loved the way he dunked and the way he played, uh, watching his dunk contest against Michael Jordan, even though he lost.
2: Well, he won the first one, lost the second one. uh, And it was just, to me, I think best dunk contest ever
0: to this day. Uh, So then uh, here comes this uh, big center from Germany by the name of Dirk Nowitzki. And being that I was, uh, I played basketball growing up. Being that there was a a big, a big guy that could shoot the way he could, like with such precision, I just thought, man, like a big guy that can shoot, like automatically, I was just enthralled with the way he played the game, his size, and just what he was able to do with that with that size and the way he was able to shoot. So because of that, the Dallas Mavericks became my my basketball team
2: the dirt and uh
0: I, I just fell in love with that guy and everything he was about uh his his personality you know he was a little bit more on the quiet side but anytime his personality came through he was a funny guy he's very likable uh he wasn't uh about spotlight or anything like that which just drew me to him so much and uh the guy got a, the guy got the organization a title yeah. and you know he was loyal to the to the team and man like a little did i know when i was a kid that you know the guy that made me fall in love with basketball and the team
2: was like i i latched on to a hell of a guy yeah yeah the, i mean he's
1: considered one of the greatest all-time players of all time period. I was gonna say international, but that's not the case. He's considered one of the greatest players of all time, and and they came out with the uh, NBA recently, the NBA seventy-five list, in 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 celebration of the seventy-five years in the NBA. And what number was Dirk? He was in top twenty, wasn't he? He was. He was high. I think he might have
0: been uh, like fifteen, maybe eighteen, somewhere around there. Which I mean, you know, just with the sheer number of players that we've seen in the NBA, like that that's impressive.
1: Yeah. Um, you do watch baseball.
0: I was never really a baseball guy okay. growing up. I don't know what it was. You know, I, I do watch, uh, I do try to watch the world series every time that's, that's out. Uh, mostly because of my dad, my dad's always been a baseball guy, but for me, baseball just, it just never struck with me. uh, The one one player I did like for a while was Manny Ramirez, but more because of his antics than than him as a baseball player. I do remember the big hype. I did follow a little bit when I was younger because of the hype with uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa uh, and the home run competition back then. I know McGuire would hit a home run and Sammy Sosa would hit a home run and they were just it was, it was a crazy time to be a baseball fan. And uh, at the time I was in uh, a little sports, a little sports traveling team that my dad had started with me and a bunch of my friends, we would travel to go play basketball in uh, McAllen, which is a little town about uh, 45 minutes to an hour away from here. And we would, of, of course, being all in a basketball team, we would talk sports and stuff. And the a lot of the guys would always talk about baseball and this and that. And I think, Because of that, I was a little bit more into it. But in terms of, like, for me personally, it just, again,
2: never hit with me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. um, How about you? Baseball? I never really was a baseball fan. I remember Ken Griffey Jr., if I had to pick a player, watching Ken Griffey Jr. play for the Seattle Mariners. I was in fourth grade. Uh, But baseball seemed to be that thing. But strangely enough, I didn't really pick up watching sports, no joke, until I was maybe an eighth grader an eighth grader or almost freshman in high school, because yeah, I played, you know, we, we didn't being from a small town. We don't really get to kind of play sports, especially growing up in the early two thousands, nineties, you know, there was, we didn't have a lot of that stuff readily accessible. So you kind of played however you got or, you know, until you got to middle school. So like I didn't play football until I was a seventh grader. Um, I didn't really start watching sports again until eighth or ninth grade. Like I didn't know any better. I didn't know who was who or what was what my, you know, favorite player, my favorite basketball player ended, ended up becoming a guy who, um, because one of my one of my good friends, uh, Ricky, is a huge Lakers fan. has been a Lakers fan. He's, he's different. He's been a Lakers fan since he was little. I'm talking elementary school. You know, he used to tease, "Oh, Lakers suck. Lakers suck." But then, you know, my I, like I, you know, who who do you want as a role model to to model your game after? And you know, when you're watching Kobe Bryant, you know, doing the things he does, you know, shooting the ball the way he does, you know, uh, as far as you know, the mid range game. And you, I wanted to be just like him. So. You know, watching him play, right? You kind of study his moves, and you know, one of my favorite moves. And you know, I'm not even that tall, right? But you know, every time he just backs somebody up from the 45 to to the to the corner, right in that little sweet spot, back up, back up, pump fake, right, you know, fade away to the left, and he's he's going back. He's gonna nail that shot every time. Uh, but Kobe Bryant, man, just watching him watching him play doing things he does and the best part is that at one point regardless of what anybody says because he's always getting compared second shooting guard behind michael and all these things you know we we've heard it all but the fact that you're even in that company says a lot the fact that you were the best player in the world at one point in your life like you cannot that's that to me that's the one of the highest you know achievements that you can do as a basketball player you know regardless of all time and all all player, you know in the world you were at one point in your life, you were considered the greatest basketball player in the entire world. Hands down. He was loved in China. He had millions of fans, but Kobe Bryant just watching him play his tenacity, his Mamba mentality. He used to call it, you know, he wanted to be, I wanted to be just like him. Like he's just watching it. And every time, you know, when he won in 2009, um, 2009, 2010, it was just awesome. Um, yeah. But no, Kobe Bryant. And I say Kobe Bryant because yeah, I'm a Lakers fan right now. Um, but you know, just the spirit of Kobe, man, that, that's what I can say. And I have I have all kinds of you know, cards, figurines of just Kobe Bryant because, you know, I really did admire and adore that that guy for what he did for everything, you know, and just watching him. And I will never forget when I first saw him play because San Antonio would be the closest play, closest place to watch him. Seeing him is just starstruck because, you know, I, I saw him and I get I got to saw him play at least once in my life. So that was an awesome experience. Um, one uh as far as football is concerned. Um, same concept. I didn't really start watching um, football until I was, again, f- eighth grade, freshman year um, in high school. Um, I did see Donovan McNam play, and I remember watching that game as an eighth grader in 2004 when I played the New England Patriots. Couldn't stand Tom Brady. Well, more so, not that I couldn't stand him. Diddy Bruschi was just always annoying to me for some reason. I can't his face. <laughs> i'm being a hater but watching Don, donovan McNabb play and i said man I, I really hope the green team wins you know <laughs> who, who really were the philadelphia eagles the, and, green, uh, team. the green team dude. <laughs> and, and and i knew and, and i watched him after that after that Super Bowl, i said who who was that who was that team and by the time after you know playing football finally i finally really understood the x's and o's you know you had donovan McNabb, brian uh brian westbrook uh brian dawkins um Terrell Owens, you know, he had this really stud team. And, you know, follow the follow, I, fo- I followed the Eagles. And strangely enough, the other team was Trent Green and the Kansas uh, City Chiefs. Nobody knows that, right? They had Trent, Trent, uh, Trent Green, Priest Holmes, Dante Hall, um, uh, Gonzalez, uh, Tony Gonzalez. You had this awesome stack team in Kansas City. And Michael Vick, when, if you played the early Madden games, and being the gamers we are, we also played sports games. If you weren't using Michael Vick in the early games, you did not really want to win. So you best believe I was using the Atlanta Falcons every chance I got. And after the whole Falcons thing, right, whatever, he, he ended up being on the Philadelphia Eagles team and he was so electrifying and, you know, yeah, he, he did what he did. And you know, that's besides the point, but you know, being on the Eagles team started falling a little bit more and, you know, I've been a Philadelphia Eagles fan since that, since that 04, right? The green team. And so when I saw him, when I saw the most electrifying quarterback from, you know, Madden on the Philadelphia Eagles, I was, I, I followed this team and then we lost him. We started, we had a Kevin Cobb. We had, um, we had Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, and then we had, we finally won our title in 2018. You best believe I was so excited, but Philadelphia Eagles, um, my favorite football team, hands down, uh, Nick Foles, a legend. Um, my, one of my favorite players actually was Jeremy Trotter um, on the Eagles team, and Jeremy Macklin was actually one of my favorite wide receivers um, early on. I'll I never forget. It was awesome. I did have, I did have a Macklin jersey. Uh, I did lose it, unfortunately, because we were, moved so many times. But um, diehard, diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan, hands down. We're, we're going to win the Super Bowl? Nah, I'm joking. We're not thinking that as Cowboys fans. I shouldn't be saying that because you know, it's always their year. For a shit, and I, can't, <laughs> I can't stand the damn Cowboys. Um, but yeah, uh, Philadelphia Eagles and Los Angeles Lakers. Those are my two. And it's even and and no no re- rhyme or reason whatsoever. Because when the Philadelphia Eagles won in 2018, right before Kobe, or, you know, before Kobe's death, obviously, right, Kobe Bryant was a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. No, it just, it, that was by coincidence, I had no idea, and you best believe that when I found out that Kobe was a Philadelphia fan, I felt that much more connected to that man. <laughs> he's, from, he was, he's
0: from there, right? He's from Philly. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's from Philly, yeah, which is, he, is why, he's, you know, but I just, it never really occur to me or click to me you would think right so when I found out I said this is I said this guy like I was I was meant we were meant for each other right I was real, real crazy <laughs> like ah, ah, ah. so I just remember that video when he was one and he's there watching it with his kid he has his baby there um carrying her carrying her and he's just like oh my god and he's whispering we won we won he's just as excited as i am because the philadelphia Eagles had won and uh kobe bryant was celebrating just like i was so it was really cool man Some sort of like super super crazy connections crazy fan over here uh
0: sounds, but, like,
1: a, sounds like a stand to me yeah yeah, 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 dude. Oh, yeah dude i'm not even i'm not even ashamed to admit it uh so um the last question. This is kind of like a two-parter question, just to kind of wrap up here already.
0: I, I think I, I I gotta throw in there. I think that we're we're pretty lucky as as uh, sports fans. We've gone to you know, being that those are our teams, Steelers, Mavericks, Lakers, the Green Team. Uh, you know, we're lucky. We've gone to watch our teams win titles. I don't think any. Oh, yeah. I don't think everybody can say that.
1: No they, man. no, they can't. No, they can't. know. our friend Ricky is a, a Minnesota Vikings fan.
3: <laughs> oh, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be a wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he is a Lakers fan, so he did, he did see you know the Lakers win uh, multiple times. And again, uh, watching Kobe, saw we saw Kobe win uh, three, uh, three peat, and then two more in, in nine and ten. So you know that's shoot five, and then the Eagles winning in twenty eighteen. So yeah, I'm watching your team win. But you know the Mavericks do have. Probably one of the more satisfying wins in 2011.
3: <laughs> oh, it was, it
0: was a dream. And then just going down the names of who we had to beat along the way, you know, the Thunder with uh, Kevin Durant, Harden, Westbrook. We beat uh, Portland, which was actually probably our hardest series of the, like looking back, it was the toughest series we had uh, along that way. Uh then who who did we beat? And we beat the Lakers. The Lakers were going for their three peat. Sorry. Three-peat, uh, yeah. We we knocked them out. And then in the finals, we meet we, we meet the newly formed uh big three of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch, who were like everybody just said all year, oh, this team won it already. Like, let's go home. Why even play? And we upset them. And that was just I was over over the moon. And then yeah. And then it was really something sweet being that we had been there a couple years before that in the finals. And we were just obliterated by Dwayne Wade. Uh, We just couldn't stop him. And it it just added that cherry on top that we were able to get that first title
2: against Miami and against their big unstoppable team. So. Yeah. No, that's.
1: Glory, like I said, that is one. and even as a basketball fan, the fact that LeBron did all that, you know what I mean? Um, with the whole decision and stuff like that, kind of painted himself as a villain. And I know we people love a good storyline, right? They like a good uh, like to make a make a make up a good storyline. Um, either way. Uh yeah, but the last the last question, and again it's kind of a two parter, um, most memorable sports moment and your favorite player. Kind of putting into kind of putting encompassing both just to kinda of wrap up here memorable sports might doesn't have to be from your favorite team or favorite player it can be anything that you remember, you know, explicitly.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot of moments for me, uh, you know, uh, watching being a part of, but I think for, for a moment that I will always remember. And I think it's very special to me because of the people I shared it with, uh, We had this, when I played sports, I played uh, basketball in high school. Uh, Well, you know that because we played together. Uh, But we played uh, played basketball in high school. And there was this one game in particular that I'll never forget. Not because it was one of my better games or whatever, but I'll never forget it because every single person on our team scored. Everybody contributed in some kind of way even the guys that were at the end of the bench that that busted their ass every day in practice with us worked just as hard as the rest of us every day everybody got on the got time on the court and scored uh and that was a game against Laredo Cigaroa uh, i remember i and I, I also remember about that game that we had just gotten our brand new basketball shoes Our basketball shoes had just come in. For some reason, in the middle, in the middle of the sole, it had like this little, like stiff ridge and it it just did not agree with us breaking in those shoes, those particular shoes on that court. Because I remember we had like three or four people slip multiple times that day but we just had such a good game and we were so in sync as a team that everybody got out there and everybody scored that that to me was the best experience and i've i've had better personal performances i had better uh you know o- other other memories where other people had really big games that i never forget being there in the game watching or from the sideline watching or even watching on tv like some of my favorite teams you know we, I mentioned, like, we've gotten to see our teams win championships, uh, NBA championships, Super Bowl. I even got to watch my my college team win a championship. But being a part of it and just sharing that, I think, was very special.
1: So that's awesome. That's awesome. My, mine would have, it was more of a story. And again, you can always, again, your favorite sports Obviously, you're going to say, we're going to say, um, Philadelphia Eagles winning 2018, you know, Lakers winning every time they won. In your case, Maverick's winning and the Steelers whenever they've won. And I and, and I and I asked favorite players, and obviously we kind of we said our favorite players, right? Uh Kobe Bryant, uh Michael, Michael Vick would be one of them. In my case, as Philly, uh, Donovan Nab, all those. Um, in your case, uh Dirk Nowitzki, right now Luka Doncic, right? The the next Dirk. That was that's you want to talk yeah. about fake. If,
0: if, if I had to if I had to say mine, I, my list is a little is a little like out there, it would be probably Shaq. Uh, in basketball, Shaq, uh, Amari Stoudemire, Dirk, Luca, uh, and a guy by the name of Antonio McDice would probably be yep. the kind of odd was- man out there. For some reason, I just loved watching that guy play. Another guy was uh, uh Boris Diaw, and then Boris Diaw was another fun one I love to watch play. And uh today obviously Luka Doncic is the big one, uh not just because he's special but also because he happens to be on my favorite team. Uh, and just uh, I think lately uh two two like little unknown guys by the name of Joel Embiid and uh
1: Nikola Jokic. I hope you're Yeah, and Nikola, uh, yeah, okay. and Nikola <laughs> yeah. Jokic
0: uh you know just uh being that i've always been a being that like when
2: i was uh in sports i was a center uh i've always had a sweet spot for centers so
0: them and what they're able to bring to the game uh Embiid and just uh hard mouth uh tough the toughness he brings uh the versatility he brings. And then to a bigger extent, the versatility that Jokic brings to the court and just how unique of a player he is, how he can impact the, the game in so many different ways.
1: Um, he's
0: like, he's like a guy, literally he's like a guy out of an anime. We've
1: seen um, girl, girl basketball, hey basket, Croco's basketball, man. <laughs> I love that one. Go on, Go on. So yeah.
0: in terms of, in terms of, uh, basketball that would have to be it in uh in football i was a big fan like i say of jerome bettis uh and then i remember we had a quarterback early on by the name of cordell stewart um i was a big fan of his just because he was our quarterback and then we got a little known guy we ended up drafting a little known guy by the name of ben roethlisberger yeah who brought us two championships
2: and uh, that's it, really. Football, I like guys here and there, but that I would say favorite favorite.
1: I mean, that makes sense. Um, there's just there's just too many uh, to to list. Especially once you've kind of cemented your all time favorite, it's really hard to come up to kind of find this other favorite. That's kind of again always when you're kind of trying kind to of fill that void, right? Um, as far as favorite basketball player, before I get to, before I kind of wrap up with that story, to kind of wind down. Um again, obviously Kobe Bryant being all time favorite uh, for basketball. Uh more in the modern basketball end, again, Luca when he he just so happened to get drafted by Mavs, but I was following Luca quite a bit, uh Nicola. But one of my favorite players, and I kinda and I kinda say this and I kinda say it a lot, just because, you know, I've always been a sucker for those guys, and especially right now, because you don't see a lot of that mid range game in today's basketball. Fast break, threes and layups. if you're either doing a three or going for a layup dunk, you never really see that mid range game. So Whenever I see that mid-range game, I'm always just obsessed with it, right? Especially to see the moves when somebody's backing down, when somebody's in a triple threat there in the mid-range. It's always, always fun, especially when they, when they, you know, uh, quick first step or juke them one way and go to the other, and you know. And Devin Booker, every time I see Devin Booker with that, with that ball, you're going to get this is besides Luka, besides Jokic, Devin Booker, whenever he has that basketball, this guy is going to shoot. And, he, yeah, he's had bad games, but his bad games are because he's shooting a good shot or you know he's taking mid-range jumpers you know what i mean you see a lot of these field goal percentages are kind of higher than most or whatever or, you know h- higher than what you would see especially during booker sometimes with this guy he's not scared to shoot that mid-range and when he shoots that mid-range it's game over all day and you know to see somebody not let that game die down um it's always always just an awesome thing to see uh, but again like Rico said there's a lot of talent there's a lot of you can't just simply name one of your favorites but you know kind of name drop a couple of those guys as far as football is concerned uh Nick Foles if you're not a Nick Foles fan you're from Philly something's wrong with you <laughs> you're not a real you're not a real Philly fan if you're not a Nick Foles fan uh <laughs> but Nick Foles a, I follow that guy till I die you know just for what he did for us um and right now uh you know you have Devontae Smith and he's a hella receiver. I you know I'm I'm still kind of here and or there on a quarterback but we'll see how the season goes. I know we have a couple of draft picks. We had two. We just got rid of one for uh, some future compensation and we man just a wizard when it comes to picks and compensation and, and money. But actual draft day, well, yeah, you know, we'll see this year. But just to kind of finish up with that story, uh, one of one of my kind of sports moments and it's not anything too big and again, always going back to the whole familial thing. Um, and it's not the time I got Starstruck when I saw when I saw Kobe. We went to a Spurs game because NBS, yes, because my brothers are Spurs, my little brothers are Spurs fan, and stuff like that. And we saw um uh, at the time, it was Tim Duncan, uh, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili, Bruce Bowen, and who was their fifth guy? I forgot who their fifth guy was. Um, Robert Ori. It was Robert Ori. And the reason I remember it was Robert Ori because I remember saying Ori, Ori, and he, you know, he was he was a Lakers won championships. Uh, Ori Ori and we're sitting right there almost there towards the bottom but kind of a little uh, it was in that corner spot on the right side of the court um, in that corner area and he turned around and saw me and I freaked out so I just waved at him he waved back at me so that was really cool uh, the way Robert Ori uh, waved at me yeah no, yeah it was against the Memphis Grizzlies Tony Parker I think dropped 28 or 29 that game and as you know the sports moment is not even part of the game right it's, it's a sports moment because you know the sports players we ended up at PF Chang's, right? Me and my little brother, right? And we're kinda there and you know, let's go outside, right? You know, and people and Mon- and it just so happened that Monty, Gnobi, Tim Duncan, Bruce Bowen, and Tony Parker, uh, were at PF Chang's that we ate at, right? They that's where they ate after the game. And um we're walking out, right? We walk outside, and me and Dan, and Daniel's a huge Spurs fan, right? And, and at this time, uh this was before this was uh actually it was a little bit before Kobe, right? Um I had a Spurs jersey on because this is the one Daniel wore. And um Bruce Bowen walks out, and he has two girls with him, and, and Daniel says, can I get an autograph? And I wasn't asking for anybody's autograph. I can care less, right? But, you know, Daniel won an autograph. I was going to say, if my brother, if do little brother want an autograph, you can help him out, right? He said, no, I'm busy. He kind of walked out, <laughs> and, and yeah, Daniel was kind of like, oh, okay, Bruce Bowen lost a fan that day because Daniel was kind of upset, but lo and behold... Tim Duncan walks out. We missed we missed Manu. Manu, I think we kinda of went through the back where he didn't want us to really sign autographs. Cause he he had he Manu had actually done the cool thing and signed autographs while while he was in the restaurant where the other guys didn't. So Tim Duncan walked out. People were kind of scared to ask Timmy for his autograph and stuff like that. But this is Timmy, right? This is the greatest power forward of NBA history. Top 10 player of all time. You know, you, hey, you're going to ask this guy. Daniel went and asked this, asked Tim Duncan. He was surrounded by his two bodyguards. And he was, Tim Duncan was awesome. You can tell, you know, he just walked not get home. But he he signed Daniel's uh, ticket. He Daniel had a cap, signed the cap, all this good stuff. I had a Tony Parker jersey. And that's what we were waiting for. But Tony Parker never walked out, right? Finally, finally, you know, Tim Duggan left, Tony Parker walked out, and it was me, Daniel. And there was some other people, and uh, other people were asking for autographs, and they had signed, but we didn't want to be those people that bother kind of bothered Tony Parker, right, because he wants to leave. And Daniel, Daniel he said, start calling him, hey, Tony, Tony, he never turned around. And he kept walking, and he, he got into his car, and me, and I was, kind of, I was kind of down, Daniel was kind of down, I said, dang, you know, and we had his jersey. We're walking back inside P.F. Chang's, and we hear, hey, we turn around. Tony Parker and his, I guess it must have been his bodyguard, had pulled up in his, it was like an escalator. It was pulled up in his like, you know, vehicle. And he goes, did y'all need something? And me and Daniel just jaw dropped. And she thought we kind of looked around, right? Is this guy talking to us? He says, he, "He says, do you want me to sign something?" And me and Dad are just kind of looking at each other. "Like, yes, please." We went up to his car. We went up to his car. We are talking to Tony Parker, leaning on his, leaning on his thing, right? It's super cool. Uh, gave him the jersey. He signed the middle jersey, and I said, "Hey, great game! You played awesome. All these things, right? You know, I'm not gonna hit on this guy, right? This guy dropped 29. And keep in mind that Tony Parker's super underrated point guard. This guy has won what four or five rings. Um, he's a Finals MVP. Like, he doesn't get the credit reserve. So Tony Parker's kind of talking to us, right? And we're chatting Chatting with this guy because he pulled up and felt bad for these two kids who wanted an autograph. He he, I was not a Spurs fan. I'm still not a Spurs fan, but Tony Parker gained a fan that day because nobody ever has to go out and do some of the cool stuff. He pulled up in his in his vehicle, you know, asked if we wanted
2: it. He wanted. I to You're a walk they don't really know how much power a lot of these players have, right, in, turn, in that in that, in that
1: regard. You know, a, wa- a wave or a smile. Hey, Ori, Ori, he smiles at me. Dude, he didn't have to do nothing, dude. He, he smiled <laughs> at me. I to remember that, dude. It was super cool. Oh, shit. You know remember Ori mean? like, waved at me. Yeah, yeah, those lasting impressions, man. So that's why it's always cool whenever an athlete kind of does something like that for a fan because it, it does go a long way and they'll never forget it. Something, you know, as awesome as that. Um, but, yeah. That was that's my sports moment. One of my favorite sports moments. Obviously, I have many. Um, but other than that, I, I that that was my last question. I'm not sure if you want to add anything uh, before we head out. Uh,
0: just a couple of things I wanted to touch on. One thing, just uh, since we're on the subject of sports, is the the RGV Bipers from the NBA G League. Won the championship tonight, which is their fourth championship.
1: Really, that's awesome. 2010, A&M.
0: 2013, yeah. 19, and now 22 NBA G League champions.
1: That's so awesome.
0: Congrats out to them. And just it's awesome that they're in our area. It's a shame yeah. I don't really get out to go see them much, but man, what a successful squad they've been in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, and the G League is excellent from the NBA. Uh, anytime you give opportunity or different uh options to players or, or people who, who want to pursue uh the NBA or the NBA route man. The G League has done some awesome things. It's doing some awesome awesome things. So and especially building that talent, you know, especially that young talent, giving people a chance to play ball and really get to the next level. I I've always liked the I've always liked the G League. It's, I think it's it's awesome what they're what they're doing. But hey RGV Vipers man, championship again, that's cool.
0: For sure. And uh I think last week I did a shout out to uh I did a shout out to a basketball player for opening his hospital. Uh, I think I called him like the hero of the week or I just give him a little shout out. I think uh, a little, something a little bit different that was going around the internet this week was an Elden Ring player by the name of let me solo her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh backstory Elden Ring is a, is a front soft game. Uh, If you've ever heard of dark souls, you know, I know we've talked about Elden ring a little bit here and there already, but if you ever heard of dark souls, uh, demon souls, Sekiro, uh, now Elden ring is kind of the successor in that series. Born. Uh, Yeah. A soul's born. I think is what they call it. They're supposed to be pretty difficult games with a lot of, uh, with a lot of having to dodge, pick and choosing your spots. And there's this one boss in particular that a lot of people have been struggling with. Now, I first came across this on Reddit, on the Elden Ring subreddit. And some guy was shouting out a guy by the name of Let Me Solo Her. Now, there's a mechanic in the game where you can summon people to help you fight bosses if you're having a hard time uh, or you want to just go through the game with friends. uh, And people were just talking about this guy just uh, showing up uh, in their summons and the name kept coming up and everybody's story was the same that he would come in with absolutely no armor and two swords. And basically if you kind of caught the hint in the name, he pretty much just wanted you to sit aside and watch him go to work. And that is exactly what he did for each and every person That he came into contact with. He goes in there. And he just solos this boss. And gives you a little wave. And a bow. And says there you go. And this guy. So far this week has just exploded. He's gotten articles now on Kotaku. The Verge. IGN. And it just so happened that he was also on on Reddit. I guess he caught wind of people talking about him. And he just uh, popped onto Reddit to say, what's up? Saying, yeah, this is me. You know, I, I, I love these kinds of games. I want to help out people. And, uh, you know, shout out to that guy
1: for, for helping, what a, it, for, for helping everybody out. Yeah. yeah
0: just just
1: <laughs> a jar on his head.
0: A jar on his head.
1: Two katanas. Bad,
0: no. Two katanas. Nothing but a loincloth. And a jar on his head. I mean, this guy me is going to go down as that. That that legend of this
3: game.
1: <laughs> Real Leroy Jenkins of, of, of World of Warcraft, man. That's awesome, dude. Let me solo her. The way he says, let me solo her, man. It's, oh, that's epic. That's too awesome, man. Yeah,
0: and he doesn't say anything. He doesn't ask for anything. He just wants to help people.
1: And, A silent hero.
0: Yeah. So shout out to Let Me Solo
1: Her, the hero of the week. <laughs> awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Is there, is there anything else anything else before you wrap up
0: i think that's it for me
1: well that's it for me uh yeah that, that was our player profile we might have later on down the road a player profile part two just again kind of get a little bit more uh a little bit more of what we're about kind of also get into more of those things obviously this time we'll kind of do it in reverse order to get more into the like, what's what's popping at the time what's popping now uh whether it's anime or shows that are being shown at the time and get into those while we tell you a little bit more about ourselves um we hope you didn't bore you Ho- hope you inter- hope you you were entertained and, and you enjoyed everything um otherwise thank you for tuning in uh we'll see you next week this is marcus and
2: rico you have a good yeah. one